All right, what's up, people? It is going to be Monday, March 21st when you hear this. Uh, welcome to another installment of the pod. I've uh, been away for a little while. going to talk to you guys uh, about what I've been, uh, what's been going on in my life. I got a pretty good podcast today. I'm pretty excited about it. So, uh, as always, if you're stuck in traffic, I apologize. Um, if you're at home chilling on the couch, man, grab your favorite drink, um, kick back, relax, and uh, listen to the Latest installment of the pod, but first, you know I gotta give you these guitars. another installment of my therapist made me do this podcast with mario and friends i am of course mario um i'm flying solo on the couch or on the chair today however to my right is you guys' favorite guest uh she claims she's over here working diligently on something but i don't know it all looked like captain me say hey babe and see, she's out. She, I don't know. She out of it today. I don't know what's wrong with her, but nonetheless, man, super excited to be back, man. Kind of ducked off. Didn't really tell anybody. Think like a handful of people that we were actually um, going on a little trip. Going on a trip. Um, so yeah, we had we we ducked off, man. Me, the wife, and our, our oldest son, Jaden, man, went to go uh, to Spain, and we are going to uh, talk about some of our adventures. And um, the front row seat we got to uh, our pretty much our own little reality TV show while we were over there. But there were some fantastic lessons uh, that I learned in watching uh, all of this. So um, it'll be it'll it'll be interesting, if nonetheless. Now, uh, let's get into feedback from the last show. First of all, thank you guys uh, for watching. Uh, Play with the live uh, a little bit. Had uh, Jess on there, so. We had a good time. It was um, there was a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on uh, in this room while we uh, did it. But I don't know. I really liked it. It kind of motivated me to uh, like maybe start like looking at uh, cameras and such, man. Maybe just uploading a video, a uh, video version on like YouTube or something. And still doing the audio for the people who uh, you know, who prefer the, the listening part. Just uh, just. Very preliminary thoughts. Very, very preliminary thoughts. But I don't know. It, it feels like it. It feels like it can be uh, doable. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We'll play it by ear. Um, one of the things. Oh, I'm hitting microphones and stuff. One of the things that I uh, did want to talk about was a comment 
uh, that I got on, um, I think it was the Instagram post uh, from Crystal, good friend of ours. Congratulations. Um, I don't know if she want me to tell business. I ain't going to tell business, but we're just going to say congratulations. Uh, and when she announced it, then we announced it to everybody else. Um, but when I was posting about the um, the live show, there was a part in the show where I had mentioned, oh, man, what was it about? Oh, God, I'm having a brain fart. It was about, uh, like, childhood trauma, like having a touch of, like, childhood trauma. And, you know, why I may think the way I think about uh, a couple of things. So I saw this comment and I so I, I didn't intentionally not respond to it. Uh, but when I read it, it really like had me reflecting on it, like legit over the past like two weeks. I've really been like kind of sitting with this and just marinating on it. I'm like, man, maybe I do. Like, I don't know, but I want to read what she said. So um, she said, listening to the part where you ask if you have a touch of childhood trauma, and I think everyone does, you just haven't gotten over that part with your mom. My mom legit kicked me out at 17 and almost 18. We didn't speak for a while, and we were on and off after that. We mended our relationship completely when I turned 22. I call her just about every day to talk to her, and she's become one of my best friends. So I read this, and I was like, man, like, do I have like some unresolved kind of friction or like tension, like with my well, mom? I, I maybe I don't I don't know. I I've acknowledged the fact that you know, um, you know she did she did the best she could. I think a part of me, I was I think that's what a lot of people you always you always kind of wish like certain aspects of your life uh, played out a little differently uh, than they did, and then you. You always wonder if, like, man, like, if this would have happened, would this have uh, changed the trajectory of my life or kind of what, you know, what what I had going on now? Would it be different? Would it be better? Would it be worse? You don't know. Um, but, man, so I I don't know. And I'm, I'm honestly still kind of kind of sulking. I shouldn't say sulking, but I'm still kind of uh, marinating on that whole thought. But, Crystal, that was a great comment. And, like, I love when people say things like that. They kind of made me sit and just kind of sit with Kind of what I said and kind of what I've been thinking about, uh, but that's dope though. But I really am trying to do better. Like I, I, I try to talk to my mom at least once a week, once or twice a week. I'm getting better at it. But uh, and it's not we don't have no ill, we don't have no beef. But we're like stupid busy. But still, that's not an excuse. Um, you know, I still want to make time for my, you know, to talk to my parents and at least you know let them talk to the grandkids and all that, all that great stuff. So good comment, Crystal. I appreciate you. I'm still. Uh, marinating on that, and uh, I don't know, whatever I come up with, I'm going to let you guys know. So, with that being said, let's get into our small business highlight. Uh, this week, I think I've shouted them out before, uh, Range uh, Range Tactical Therapy Group is a local gun store here in Arizona. Um, they do, um, they sell weapons, firearms, all that kind of stuff. They give classes and all that kind of great stuff. Um, man, uh, took one of my, my ARs over there. Uh, I kind of got slip, got caught slipping, had a little rust on my barrel. But uh, great staff. We had a lot of back and forth just because I was super busy, so I wasn't able to go over there in like a decent amount of time to get the stuff done. But, man, uh, Cody and his team over there did a, a fantastic job. They also do uh, like this thing. I think you can like ride on dune buggies, and they put like a machine guns. <laughs> they put machine guns on, on the front of the, the dune buggies. You can ride around the desert like shooting stuff. 
just crazy stuff, man. But the whole premise of it uh, is centered around like therapy. So like like gun therapy, which is a lot of times why I go to the gun range just to kind of relieve stress. So just imagine like riding a doom buggy, you got a big old machine gun on the front, you just like blasting targets. I don't know. They do all that kind of stuff. Range therapy, uh, I think it's range therapy tactical. Range tactical therapy group. I don't know. One of those. I'll put the description in the uh, in the IG uh, when I load this up. But thank you guys for the awesome work on my rifle. Um, got some upgrades to it, ready to go pew pew in case it pop off. So, boom, you know, we're good there. Now, there is a small celebration to be had. So, we're going to give a quick round of applause. Oh, boy. Now, oh, what's the date? No, so it was last week. Last week, um, y'all's favorite co-host, uh, Jessica, uh, found out that she uh, was selected for promotion. Uh, so she is a, a senior master sergeant select. So for all of my non-military people, so there's a there's an enlisted side. So they're enlisted ranks, right? So it's E1. All the way to E9. So Jessica is now a, uh, she's in line to sew on uh, E8. So she ain't got many more ranks to go. She got one more to go. We gonna see. But um, definitely want to say congratulations to her. Uh, We had a good time uh, celebrating her. She had a little promotion party that I'm about to uh, hit on in a minute. But super huge accomplishment, guys. Just to give you guys some context, I think there's roughly 330-something thousand people in the Air Force right now. Um, you have, I think it's 2.5% of the people who join the military actually make it that far. So this is not like a, I want to call it a gimme strike, but it's not like one of those things that just kind of happen because you just sit around. Like, it literally takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication. And one of the things I love about Jessica is that she does things what I call the right way. Um, she's not going to, you know, brown nose or kiss ass or rub shoulders or feel like, oh, I got to be around these people to get the right uh, recognition. That's never how uh, never how she's been. And if she was, I would definitely tell about herself, BT dubs. Um, but she, she, she does things the right way. And her heart is always centered um with the care of others, I think that's why we. It's one of the things we get along uh, with the most. We we enjoy taking care of other people, and it's always awesome to see how many people um, appreciate her and celebrate her. I never forget this one kid was like, "Man, he I think he finished his degree." He was like, "Oh, thank you, Sergeant Revere. Like, I never would have finished. You no, know, I never would have started college if it weren't for you." So it's like little things like that, man, that, that kind of keep you going. Just you know, the thank yous. And knowing that, like, the, the efforts you're putting into making people greater, um, they pay off. So, you know, it's good to see that the Air Force uh, came back full circle. And uh, I hate to say rewarded her because I feel like she earned it uh, many moons ago. But it was her turn, and uh, she, you know, grabbed it with an iron fist, and she's kicking ass and taking names. So, congratulations, babe. I'm super proud of you. Um, also, a good friend, a listener of the show, a supporter of the show. Uh, my boy Clyde Oliver over at CO and the Doctor Podcast. Make sure you follow those guys. I think I plugged them a couple times. Uh, great thought provoking uh, podcast. Really good conversations. They kind of get the wheels turning. I'm always a big fan of listening to some of their 
uh, older shows that they had because I'm seeing like, dang, that's pretty heavy. But um, he also made it, and it's so funny because like he was was getting ready to retire, had no plans on uh, this even happening, but it did. So, uh huh, you stuck now. You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. Keep doing the work of, of the man. So, but congratulations to both of y'all. Super duper uh, difficult accomplishment uh, to get, and not, not not a lot of people get it. So, I'm proud of both of y'all. Now, let's talk about. Uh, Jessica's promotion party for a second. So there was a couple of things that that, that I noticed, and I'm not going to harp on all of them, but I'm just going to give my little useless, useless two cents. Now, let me paint the picture. Let me take you there. Big room is uh is in is in a hangar where they normally you know for my non military people they normally put like park airplanes and stuff in there. Well, it's in the military. We have like big open empty hangars, and we normally use them for like parties or things like this, promotion, all that kind of crap, right? So I walk in there, and the first thing I notice is not a lot of people in here. Now, mind you, I think it was like 17 or 18 people that got promoted. So, you know, I'm like, man, like, where everybody at? But, you know, you saw some family members, you saw some coworkers, you know, that kind of thing, which is, you know, whatever. That's that's cool. One of my um, biggest pet peeves, now, I know people aren't like, me right, so I always, I always tell people if if my if somebody in my family is winning something, if they're accomplishing something, um, whatever. If, if we're in a if we're in a situation where I'm in support mode, I can guarantee you nobody there is going to be a bigger cheerleader for their family than I am. Like I'm going to embarrass you. I'm gonna make sure that you know I'm there. I'm gonna make sure you uh, feel loved and you feel appreciated. The funny part is, I feel like everybody should do that. Like, I do. I feel like everybody uh, should really do that, and you should do it from a genuine place. Um, it was just, So, I thought it was just re- really weird. So, you know, Jessica, Jessica's time comes up, and they call her, and I'm just like, yeah, live in the physics, live in the physics. I mean, I'm just, I'm making all kinds of noise, because this is really difficult. The interesting part was that, People were looking at me like I was committing a crime or something. Like they were literally like staring at me, and I'm saying, and I'm unapologetic about supporting my family. Like I, I will never feel bad about that at all. I never feel embarrassed or nothing like that. I leave that to y'all weirdos. But I'm just sitting here looking like, why y'all looking at me like I'm like I'm crazy? Like this is a huge accomplishment, and I would assume that you guys know that too. But everybody else just kind of giving them. They little half-ass claps and stuff. And I'm just like, man, my biggest pet peeve, like, if you're here to celebrate me or if you're here to celebrate a person, listen, I ain't saying you got to Mario it all the way out. But you know what I'm saying? If you're going to be here to celebrate me, yo, do it from a genuine place and let's have fun, man. Because if, if we really friends and we really rock with each other, yo, this is our promotion. You know what I'm saying? Because like, all of this is a part of the village, like making sacrifices to listen to you vent. If it's watching your kids, you having a bad day, you need some mentorship, you having some guidance. All of this is a culmination of all those sacrifices that you and people close to you have made. Um, hopefully for your better, and then you turn around and you help them out. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me, that's how it should be. So it's always kind of why I hate when I see um, oh, this is my biggest pet peeve. And if you do this, I don't care. Um, I always hate when people be like, uh, like no. What do they say? 
I don't need to write a long post or no no long post needed or I don't need to write a whole bunch of words to say how I feel. Bitch, yes you do. Like I like I don't it's it's amazing how we will not take the opportunity to praise and celebrate somebody. But if it was like some controversial shit, if it was like something bad, like man, like we were literally writing novels and paragraphs about like how disgruntled or how upset we are. But when it comes time to like praise other people, it's amazing how we get into this oh I ain't gonna I don't need to write a lot of words. Like, man, like nah, celebrate that person. It's it's their season, it's their time. And when it's your time, you'll want somebody to do the same thing for you. So I just, I don't know, just kind of keep that same energy or don't keep it at, or don't bring it at all. That's that's how Mario feels about this. Now, this was the more interesting part. So I would have to go back to, babe, were you on that? Were you on that? Yeah, she was on that episode. She was on the episode, the Mixing Friend Groups episode. One of the other things I noticed uh, during this whole shebang bang was, I don't, so I don't want to call them evil looks, but you can tell that there were some people in the room who were may or may not have been slightly disgruntled that their name was not on the list. Now, before y'all think I'm crazy and think I'm just jumping to conclusions, my wife and I talked about it, and we didn't even, like, say anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm letting... She's walking around, mingling, talking to all these people. And I got my little, you know, circle of people that I'm chit-chatting with. You know, she's walking around taking pictures, people talking to her, asking her what she's going to next, blah, blah, blah. She experienced this on her own. Like, I, and I just happened to witness it. And it wasn't even just when she came up, but it was other people. And you could just tell, like, how people were just giving people the eye, or they just kind of look at, you know, the person they came with kind of funny, or they give you the... Like I'm just clapping because I'm I, I'm here and they said a name. You gotta clap, y'all. We gotta do better, man. <laughs> we have got to do better. Um, there, were, I mean, there there were several people. I'm I'm purposely trading very carefully here. Um, but I mean, there there were several people that kind of, you know, came and kind of gave you know just like a half a hug, or you know, didn't really want to get in a picture with her and. You know what I'm saying? Like just pretending they had a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I don't know. There was just there was just one person in particular that just you could tell that they were there because they felt like they had to be there. Like you know what I'm saying? Like okay, well, we, it, it's the thing to do. But then everybody they talked to, they just walked around, just like just checking the box, saying hey. And it just it really like like kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because you could you could feel it. Like it, you need. If, if you didn't see it, you can just feel it. They're like on the inside, like they were upset. They're like it, like that wasn't them. And I really, I really hate like it is, it is really bad in the military for all my people that aren't in the military. It is really, really bad um, promotion season because you know people feel like they deserve it, and that's, and a lot of people do. Like that's that's the truth. A lot of people do. But man, if it, if it's not your time, like the worst thing you can do. Is kind of walk around with a chip on your shoulder and direct that towards everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not my fault that you didn't get promoted. Like, I'm coming up for a promotion in May. Do I feel like I deserve it? Absolutely. I feel like my name should be the first one on the list. 
because I put in a lot of work the past three years, three, four years, to get to this point where I feel like I deserved it. But you know what? If it doesn't happen, and it does happen for, say, my boy Justin, you know what I'm saying, who's been killing it this whole time, I am going to celebrate him and genuinely be happy for him because it's his season. You hear how easy that is? You see how there's no resentment, no hatred? Why would I hate the other person? Why would I hate somebody else who's, you know what I'm saying, been putting in the work and and striving to be better and they're reaping the benefits of it? My time going to come. And the truth is, if you listen to the episode uh, with Chief Sharp, like he said, like, how do I get promoted? I don't know. Like, I, it's, it's all about timing. And the truth is, you can do a bunch of awesome stuff and still not get promoted. But what does that tell you? You should be genuine about the things that you do. And this ain't even in the military. You should be genuine about the things that you do. Because if you if you are, you're not worried about recognition. You're not worried about who's going to see you, who's going to clap their hands, who's going to raise your hand, who's going to call you out. Because you're genuinely doing something that you're passionate about. Food for fucking thought. Man. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our little vacation. Oh, boy, this is going to be fun. Well, it'll be fun for me. So Jess and I uh, and our oldest son, uh, we decided that we were going to go to uh, Spain. We were going to take a little uh, trip to Spain and Portugal. So we're, we were in uh, Spain for a couple of days, and we kind of... I uh, took a little trek down to a couple of cities in between uh, Lisbon, Portugal. That was kind of our final destination. But we stopped at some smaller cities, uh, Toledo, like a bunch of other places, right? So on this trip, there were some kids from uh, Jaden's school. So Jessica and I was thinking initially was, all right, so we're here. We ain't on no chaperone vibes at all. We just hit the parlay. So, like, you know, they had, like, uh, teachers that were there, and they were going to give them, you know, whatever kind of lessons or cultural tour they were going to learn. Then me and Jessica was going to do our own thing. We quickly learned. Uh, I would <laughs> I would even say at the airport, we quickly realized that this may not be the case. Um, that was interesting. There were a lot of kids that you can tell that this was their first time away from home or the first time that they had, um, they were taking extended periods of time away from their family. Right. So there were some kids that were like nervous about how to check in, you know, like one, one little girl, she had, um, her mom got a TSA pre-check. Her son, mom was like, Oh, you just walk through the thing. You're good. She was like mortified. Like Lily, she literally said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mind you, signs all over the place to tell you exactly what you need to do. And she got it better than us because we got to go through the long line. And there's literally nobody in the pre-check line. But neither here nor there. So there's another little girl. They were kind of waiting around. So we kind of had her tag along with us. You know what I'm saying? So cool. We get there like the first day. <laughs> First day is pretty cool, and then that's when you get the introduction into high school group dynamics. Now, let me say this first. Let me let me just let me check out these boxes first. So, good food, okay food. It was, there were some places that were kind of iffy. Let me just say there were some places that were kind of iffy, but great people. 
like, you know, got to spend some time with some awesome people, immersed ourselves in the culture. Good time, right? Overall, good time. Not not a not a bad thing, you know, not not many low parts of the whole trip, right? This whole group dynamic dynamic thing turned into like a reality TV show. Because you had like three or four groups of people, um, and like one kind of, you know, clung on to the other one, and then like a day later you would see like a whole hodgepodge of like people and then they would mix up and then it would be somebody else. So what I found interesting uh, was how I I knew it was bad when I was growing up, but I guess I didn't realize how bad uh, social acceptance was in high school these days. Um, there was one little girl. She was friends with a, I say friends lightly, but they were, you know, cool with each other at the beginning of the trip. Well, like after like the first or second day, they got into it. Because the one girl said that she, like, ignored her or she didn't, she, like, met a guy in this other group and she stopped talking to her. So, literally, she had words with her and it was like, you know, you ignored me. You weren't talking to me. You were talking to them. And they're literally having a conversation and this girl is treating her like, like, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else. So, then this group breaks off. And then this one girl, the other girl, goes into the group with the guy that she met. And then they're kind of kicking in and hanging out. And then this girl is left by herself. So then they're, like, having the time of their life. And they're just living the dream. And this girl is walking around all sad. So then she clings on to this other little girl. Now, the other girl is kind of, she's real quiet. She kind of keeps to herself. You can just tell she don't like a lot of riffraff, right? She just, she here to, you know, enjoy herself, learn something, and go home. Well, I take her as kind of the empath type. So, you know, she is kind of taking on, like, the situation that the girl was going through. And then, like, she finds herself, like, getting, like, really emotional and kind of wrapped up in what's going on. And, like, a couple days later, you can kind of tell, like, all of just the, the, the bad energy or the low energy that came from hanging around her came to a head. So then she stopped messing with this girl, too. So then she's hanging with her mom and she's kind of kicking it and hanging out. So now this girl is just flailing, right? So she's just walking around. And she's just doing, like, the weirdest things for attention. So we, we went out to eat one day, and we're eating, uh, was it flan? Did I say it right, babe? Flan. I didn't like it, but it, it tastes like a, like a sweet egg, a chilled sweet egg with cinnamon. I don't know. It was it was not the greatest meal to me. However, comma. Um, so... We're there, and then I guess she asked if she asked if the food was uh, if it had eggs in it. So I guess she finds out it has eggs in it, and she's like, "Oh no, oh my god!" And then she starts sinking down in her chair. So obviously, we're looking at her to make sure she's okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, "Oh boy, I ain't got no kind of medical stuff here." You know what I'm saying? This girl just gone. This is gonna be it. So then she goes, "Well." If I'm not here tomorrow, it's because I died and I'm I'm dead from eating this. So then we're all looking like, okay, so this is a slight exaggeration. Everybody calm down. So I guess she feels like everybody looking at her and just giving her a bunch of, you know, unwanted attention in this case. Then she gets up and she just storms off in the middle of this restaurant. I mean, just makes this huge scene. This huge scene just like storms off. But I don't think it got the response that she thought it was going to get. Uh, so I guess she thought people were going to chase behind her and be like, oh, no, everything's going to be okay. 
Everybody was just sitting there like, this girl is not okay. Like, like she is, she's different. Like, she she is different. So everybody legit just kept eating their food and talking. They kind of went, went on about their business. Um, so after that, she then clings on to one of the teacher's daughters. Now, this girl's a sophomore in high school. So now she's befriended like this girl who's like 11 year old, 11 years old. Now she's very mature, but she's 11 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just be like, if you're a high school sophomore, like, what could you possibly have in common with an 11 year old, right? So just clinging on to her. And it was just, it was really, it was really disheartening, but kind of interesting at the same time, just to see how, um, I don't know if desperate is the right word here, but just to see how desperate people get. Um, when they're not accepted by who, I guess some would consider like the cool crowd. Now, mind you, the cool crowd was doing some ignorant stuff, right? So, one of the girls that was in the, the quote-unquote cool crowd, uh, I guess allegedly she had, she said she was sleepwalking. She was sleepwalking and she uh, woke up in the middle of the night in the hallway and uh, she came in her room at like 2 or 3 in the morning, but she had the cell phone of the guy that she was, uh, I guess, kind of clung on to. And I was just like, you guys really got to come up with a better lot than this. Like, most, you know, there were some other adults on the trip. And I'm just like, okay, so I'm I'm an adult. I already know what time it is. Like, you can't get one over on Mario. Like, you were sleepwalking, and then you just mysteriously, like, some kind of way, you weren't in his room, but, like, you ended up back in your room, and you had his phone in your Child, listen. Kids these days are so much better off just being uh, productive model citizens because they are not very good criminals at all. Like they don't, they don't, they don't lie very well. Like, and I don't think they realize that. Like sometimes, like you gotta, you gotta realize, like if this, if the life ain't for you, the life just ain't for you. Like this ain't, this, this ain't for you at all. But it. Over time, like during the trip, it really kind of turned into like almost like this, like this mean girls kind of thing. Where it's like, like once the cool kids kind of had their little crew, uh, they really just kind of made it a point of like exaggerating how much fun they was having. And clearly, that made some other people in the group kind of feel uneasy. And I'm just like, man, like we're in this, we're in this country, we're in this other country, and there's, I mean, it's beautiful, man. So it's, it's a lot of culture. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to do. And instead of, like, appreciating the situation, like, a lot of them were spending their time trying to, like, find, like, some kind of acceptance with a group of people. Now, here's the other part about this. So, I was going back and forth with one of the, not in a bad way, but going back and forth with one of the, uh, one of the teachers there. And um, I, heard this, I heard this girl say, so she was like, I hate Spain so fucking much. I hate it. And I'm sitting here like, as opposed to going back to America, like, this is crazy. But I realized, like, all majority of our kids, like, all they know is that the bubble that we have created for them. So, you know, I would hope that most people who are listening to this, like, you want your kids to be, like, well-versed and, um, you know, have some diversity and meeting other people and understanding different cultures because that truly makes you a more well-rounded person. One of the joys of being from Atlanta is that 
I it was like a melting pot of people. There were Hispanics, there was Asians, there was Chinese people, there was Vietnamese people, there were black people. I mean, there was a little bit of everybody there. So you, you know, you did sports, you were in classes, like you learned to like coexist with a bunch of different people um, who weren't from the same walks of life uh, that you were from. So I guess like I like in my mind, like it's always easy for me to like go to other countries and, you know, talk to people and interact with people um, just because I, I feel like it's it's cool. You know what I'm saying? I, I love the fact that people don't live like me. Like, you don't think like me. You don't have the same religious beliefs I do. Um, your culture is different. But it, like, it was really kind of disheartening that, like, man, I'm like, you are literally here in Spain and Portugal. And, I mean, you are, I mean, wow. Like, you know how many people would die? To, most people don't even leave their neighborhoods. And, like, you're literally in a completely, you're literally taking a spring break in two different countries. And, like, the only thing you can think about is, like, going back to, like, your normal bubble. And I'm just like, man, like, as a parent, how do you, do you expose, do you continue to expose your kids uh, to things like that? Or do you hope that, you know, when they go away, if they ever go away, um, that they'll just kind of get to a point or a level of maturity where they'll do it on their own? I don't know. I guess it depends on like how you know your your family dynamic works, but a lot of people won't stop to think like, man, you know what? Let me go, let me go take a trip out of the country and see how other people live. So I don't I don't know. I just I, I, I teeter back and forth with that because there were so many kids that were just totally not interested in majority of the things that you know were going on, and it was it was really sad to me because I'm like, you know. You can walk up to a random person there and you can say, hey, you know, tell me about your culture or what is something that is uh, significant about your culture or your history. And, you know, these people were literally, I mean, our tour guys were awesome. Like they were giving you breakdowns of all kinds of things. But then I think like, man, like if a kid from Spain were to go to the United States, and they were like, man, like, you know, what do you guys do here? And we'd be like, man, we got hot dogs. Uh, baseball in New York, pick one, and that's it. And I'm like, man, like it, it, it was a subtle reminder that America is a melting pot of different people, people, but America as a whole is so cultureless. Now, why America doesn't have a culture is a totally different podcast, and we don't have enough time to talk about that. But it was, I don't know, it, it was really interesting. So I. I challenge everybody, if you have kids, man, listen, forego the the trip to uh, Florida one year or just, you know, whatever the little rando trip to the beach, man. Take your kids overseas. Like, like take, them, take them out of the country and let them experience something different where you don't have, like, a Walmart or a Chick-fil-A. And, you know, you get to go to, like, the small uh, markets and you see like fresh food and vegetables, and you see how much um, how much better processed the food is, and like just I don't know, like let your kids see like man, there's a life outside of of this. Like I think that's the the one thing I, I appreciate about being gone so much is that man, like I just me I can at 38 I couldn't fathom living in Atlanta my whole life. Like I think it's crazy that people live in like one place their entire life. I don't like you live in the same town. That you grew up in your entire life, I I couldn't fathom that. I'm I, I couldn't fathom that at all. Um, 
But nonetheless, like I said, great trip. But it was just, it was really, it was really eye-opening at the things that happen uh, when parents aren't around. And don't get me wrong, there were some other things that I ain't going, I'm not going to mention uh, that, were, that were happening and that were going on. But I still, it, it showed me, and it to me, at least to me, it kind of confirmed uh, kind of how I feel like when it comes to like parenting your kids. Like, as a parent, you don't, what you're doing, you may think is right. Um, and you don't necessarily think it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? But you, most parents that they're, they're are worth a damn, like, they make an effort to teach their kids right from wrong. This trip showed me that, well, it confirmed to me that there's still a level of, like, peer pressure and social acceptance that are very much prevalent in kids' lives. And no matter how well you raise your child or the principles that you teach your child, like they're going to have to go. They go through a phase. We all have, whether we want to admit it or not, we all have went through a phase where like social acceptance or, you know what I'm saying? Finding your niche. Everybody goes through that phase. And it it is kind of disheartening sometimes when you realize like, man, I may not be, you know, the cool kid or in the cool group or what have you. And then some people go about that one or two ways. You kind of do your own thing. You kind of live your dream and realize that it's really not worth the stress of trying to be in the cool kids club. Or some people go to extremes to feel accepted by other people. At that age, it's normal. Now, when you become an adult, that's a totally different story. But I truly, like, I've seen it so many times. Like, just even, like, my, my wife can attest to this. Like, being a, a teacher in a school, her going on this trip. Her being involved in our kids, uh, our kids' school. Uh, she's on the booster club for basketball, so she yells at kids all the time for like their language and their behavior. And she talks to their parents, and these are like good parents who we all know that for the most part probably taught them the right way. But they get around their friends and they just act crazy and they act a fool. And you're just like, man, you know, it's it's a phase that'll uh, pass, and you. You keep trying to instill in your kids the right lessons and ways to do things because there's going to come a time where they may be faced with a situation where they're going to be approached to do something stupid. And that's when you hope that your kids have listened enough to understand that, like, A, my parents would kill me if I do this, but B, this is stupid and why the hell are y'all doing this? Perfect example, they were in Spain and like some of the kids had like the legal drinking age is like 16 or 18. So you could literally just, I mean, they don't card you anywhere. So I guess a couple of kids from the cool kids group had went and bought like some little alcohol shooters and were drinking allegedly. So Jaden, you know, obviously we were there. So Jaden was like, no, like they were drinking, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like a part of us like was kind of excited about that because he had got on his on one of his friends before uh, who told he told she told him that he was drinking, that she was drinking. But it was in a controlled setting. He like. Like, he-man woman hated her. Like, ew, I can't believe you do that. You're throwing your life away. Like, it was kind of weird. I'm like, bro, you're going to go through the same phase, too. But nonetheless, it's one of those things where you just, like, you try to teach your kids right from wrong. You try to tell them the ramifications if they do certain things. And you just hope they don't do it. And you go from there. You know what I'm saying? Your kids are going to make the they're gonna make the right call sometimes. And they're going to make the wrong call sometimes. I think that as I've learned with life and being a parent, like sometimes the worst thing you can do is kind of jump down their throat, 
they beat their ass or try to kill them or something like that, man, sometimes you just got to, you know, just got to redirect them back on the path and get them where they need to go as long as they don't do nothing too crazy. So that's paid in a nutshell. But I do feel like sometimes we should give our kids, we should give our kids a little more grace, man. And we really shouldn't, like, like harp so much on, like, parents being bad because, like, my mom, I don't know. I, whenever I interacted with adults, I was always, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I've always held the door for people. I was respectful. I volunteered, all that kind of stuff. When I got around my friend, Cole Savage, Cole Stepper, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So does that make my mom a bad mom because of my actions? No, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was with my friends, and I just didn't care, and we just wanted to do stupid stuff just to get a good laugh. And sometimes that just kind of magnified into some other things. But, you know what I'm saying? I made my mom a bad person. I made that choice on my own. So, that's Mario's useless two cents on that. Now, let's pivot. It's it's funny that I'm saying pivot. But I want to talk about um, this video that I saw on YouTube. So, a show called The Pivot used to be... uh, Oh, my God. I am athlete. I am athlete, but some of the guys left the show, blah, blah, blah. So they interview um, different athletes, and it's almost like a barbershop type conversation, right? If you haven't watched this interview, I highly encourage, even if you don't like sports, listen to this interview. So Michael Beasley is a uh, former number two uh, pick in the NBA draft. I think it's like, it's been a, it's been a, little, it's been a little minute now. Um but obviously, I think they traded him with LeBron, went to Miami. And he just went through a whirlwind of uh, different things, right? Just with his mom, with his family. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, like, you hear this story way too much. Uh, the kid comes from nothing. I think he went to, like, I think he said seven or eight different high schools he went to. And, you know, you dig a little deeper, you learn it. Like, he went to seven or eight different high schools because he was homeless. Like, he had nowhere to stay. Like he had no choice to like pack up whatever he had, and he goes on in the interview to say, you know, like when it was cold outside, like he would put his legs in his jacket, and that would, you know, his legs in his the arm parts of his jacket, and that's how he stayed warm at night when he slept in the, you know, the bed with two or three other people, two or three of his siblings. So he went through a lot, and you think a, a kid like this. He finally makes all, basketball has always been his outlet, and you can hear him say it a lot. He said, "I just want to play basketball," and you can tell like basketball was his safe place. Like it was, it was one of those things where like the world could be crashing down on me, but I'm on this court for X amount of time, and this is what gives me a life break. So you know, he said he would go to a school, they win a championship, he leave. He go to another school, he wins a championship, wins a championship, and they leave. Um, but man, he had so uh, many great points. But man, y'all, this guy came from such. Um, he's hurting. Like I mean, he is openly hurting. This man says he sits in his house all day. He he just plays basketball and he comes home. He doesn't trust anybody. His mom died. Uh, a lot of his family and friends and his accountant took a lot of money from him. So he is uh, truly hurt. So I'm going to play a couple of clips and I'm going to kind of uh, chime in on this because honestly, a lot of the things that he talked about, just because he's a former basketball player, um, I feel like us regular common people can relate to a lot of these little sound bites uh, I'm about to play. So the first one 
is I believe they're um I'm trying to think, is this the one where he We'll play it. I'll, <laughs> I'll play it and then we'll get into it. All right. I don't leave the house. I play basketball and I go home. I don't care what y'all do no more. Like, all I care about is playing basketball all day. I go home and I try to talk to my kids as much as I can. I don't see them as much as I can because I'm not traveling as much no more. I don't know what to expect when I leave this house no more. I, they, you know what I'm saying? I don't talk to nobody. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I've i reached out and I've reached out and I've reached out and I've reached out and I've reached out so more that I, I got to I gotta die with some kind of some kind of dignity. B, that's not sustainable. Like, you too young, bro. That's not sustainable, bro. You can still play ball. So you that's not me? sustainable. So, so, so I can come up here and I can tell you somebody else's life and I'm willing to do it. Oh, and I'm going to turn my head back and I'm going to put a smile on for you. And I'm going to, like, bro, I'm going to You don't got to put nothing on for me. So like, or, yeah. or I can just sit back and I'm going to tell you what it is. Like, I, I'm not, I like, like I know that's not sustainable, but at the same time, like, what? Bees, none of us can go do out. it. None of bro, us can do it alone, out. bro. Reach out. Go out. You go, have hold to change, time, time. Go out change with. the narrative. Go out with. Go out, talk to people, interact with people. Like, bro, real talk. I'll call us out. Us three. Bro, you be in Miami? Y'all party. I don't party, bro. Don't, no, no, no. Don't. We don't party, bro. I'm talking about you have kids. I have kids. Come to my house. We can get bounce houses for the kids. We can sit back on the porch, drink a couple beers, drink some wine, hang out. Like, bro, that's not a normal, successful man's life to sit up in the house like that. Like, you got to find good people. And us three can be good people. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, it's not, that, that's I, like, not sustainable, Like, like, like no bro. disrespect to what y'all got going on. I've been trying to find good people for so long. I'm tired, bro. I, I would say I'm this. It's, it's, it's a 100%, bro. Like, it's it's like, so okay to be tired, like, though. I got... You know what I'm saying? You ain't got nothing left. You ain't got nothing left to give I'll people. tell you this, bro. I'll be it. Man, so... <laughs> when I heard this, like... Like, a, a tear came from my eye because it was something about when he said, I'm tired. And I think so many people, I know we talk about friends on this podcast a lot. I know we do. And to some of y'all, like, if you don't, if you've never been through that, if you've never kind of had, like, been in situations where you kind of had different expectations for people you were close to. Um, it may not hit home for you as much as it would um other people, but man, it was it was something that I wish you guys had to see this interview because you can see the hurt in his face. And basically what he was saying was like, Man, like I have tried so long to just find good people. He and you heard it. The first thing he said, I just want to play basketball. That's it. It just so happens that he gets to make millions of dollars doing something that he loves to do. But, man, basketball makes him happy. And he just wants to be surrounded by people who support what he does and, you know, support, you know, the, the things that makes him happy. But instead of him, you know, reaching out, he goes on an interview and he says something like, um, 
it's hard to try to it's hard to try to talk million dollar problems with people who've only had ten dollars. He said he said something like that. But basically, he did what society tells you to do. You make a bunch of money, you turn around, and you give it back to the people around you, you take care of your family. Well, the problem is they took it, all right, and they took, and they took, and they took, and this is friends, this is family. Like he said, it was his accountant and everybody. And it was it was really hurtful to hear that. And it was but at the same time it was it was so relatable. And I think like as the the older I get, there was a um one of my mentors like made a post on social media and he was saying, um, you really have to pick and choose uh your battles. Like you have to pick and choose your battles wisely because sometimes like basically some things are just some things are just better left like where how they are. And the older I get, I will never say that you don't need anybody. I, I'll never say that. Um, but I will say this idea that I have to actively seek people to be around me is bullshit. Um, I feel like uh, like my, my girl from Soul Gifted, you know, to protect my peace candle. Like protecting your peace is very important. And a lot of people don't realize that protecting your peace may involve like not being you. It may it may not it may involve you not being around somebody who would tell you to protect your peace. Like if that if that makes sense. Um, so the the idea the idea of feeling like you have to have friends is, is crazy. And I, like I said, the older I get, man, the more I just realize like I. I appreciate good company. Like this weekend, we had uh, we had a couple of folks over, and um, two of the people I had just met for the first time. Oh, not the first time, but it was our first time kind of hanging out with them. But man, it just seemed like genuinely good people. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you don't have to put on for them or fake a front for them. It just man, some people are just cool to just hang out with and call it good. Um, but I, I just feel like the older I get. I I kind of refuse to spend a lot of time and energy um, trying to repair what I call quote unquote friendships uh, with people who are just you know we just kick it buddies or whatever like I'm you know it it, it is what it is um, but it was it was really disheartening to hear uh, this man sound like he has uh, cried out for help a lot of times and in this next this next clip he's gonna mention it. And it's going to summarize how I feel about so many people in society uh, right now. I know I kind of rambled a lot. However, I hope that something in there kind of made sense for y'all. But like I said, it, it was really hurtful, but it was very relatable, relatable when he said that he was tired. So I'm going to play this second clip. And this, this, this clip right here truly sums up how I feel about so many people. And it is why the older I get the less I really extend myself to interact with a lot of people. Let's play this clip. I get my life together. It's man, like so many times as black men. Let me pause this for a second. Sorry. Now at this point, Mike is crying. Like he has like, you know, I think he realizes that the people he's around right now, they genuinely want to love on him. They want like, yo, like bro, we don't have an ulterior motive here. We don't even need your money. Like, 
But you thinking that you can just sit in that house and do nothing all day is absolutely crazy. And you hear uh, Channing kind of extend the offer like, yo, bring your kids over. Let's get some bouncy houses. Let your, let your kids interact with other kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't let them suffer either. And we can just kick back and hang in and talk. And there's no, there's no pressure. There's no need to, you know, do anything crazy. Like, man, like just it's okay to be normal and open up to people. But all right, back to the clip. We are asked because of talent to carry everybody. We are not made to carry everybody. Black women are asked to carry everybody. They are not made to carry everybody. Dog, it takes a fucking village, bro. And at some point, you got to have somebody who don't need shit from you, who don't want shit from you, who want to see you win, man. Like, we don't, we don't do this mm. for us. Yeah, like, like you want to build these things, but it's about these conversations. It's about bringing people on here and letting them tell their story. When Freddie said, man, you could tell your narrative, tell that shit and I'll preach it too. What we saying is, man, don't give up and we won't give up. Oh, this is so heavy. I can't say I know exactly what you're going through, but I've seen a lot of, I've, I've heard a lot of stories and I've seen a lot of guys that have come from our demographic and our background, they really, you know, they, nah, they, but, they, but, they fight. But, but, they but, fight and they but, bust but their everybody ass. just sit there and laugh. Nah, like like, like Antoine Walker go through the, whatever he go through. Motherfuckers just sit there and make jokes. Allen Iverson was a fucking joke for a while until everybody found out that wasn't true. He got, he got, he turned, it's like, bro, no, no bro. Being black is so fake right now. It's mm. like, motherfuckers, only care when you when when it's time for somebody to die and the cameras to show it's like bro motherfuckers is out here showing every day that they need help it's in the music and we only listen to it to these die it's like bro everybody out here need help and everybody walking around this motherfucker like they got it all together I'll be the first. Everybody, to everybody, I, I everybody walking. And then the second time, like, 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 bro, Dwight Howard cried on TV, right? They called the nigga soft. What the f he was going through on the inside? He had to fing hold on to where he fing cried in front of 20 million people. How about somebody ask that fing question? You dig what I'm saying? You're right. It, it's just so much that motherfuckers go through, and, and it's like, bro, they like niggas, it's, it's on front, it's on front street. It's just like until until a motherfucker break down. Or die, it's like, oh, I, oh, it makes sense now. It makes sense now. And it's Mike, you're man. Um, this part was so relatable, and um, man, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I get, I can say it any better than he said it because he, I mean, he said it from a place of hurt. But it's absolutely true, man. And it's why I tell y'all, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. I would see so many people, you know, dedicate posts to people that, like, you know, committed suicide or, you know, they post a, the suicide hotline number. Um, and it, it looks good. The, the aesthetics of it look good. But the truth is you don't know what exactly is going to be someone's trigger. So just because like a lot of, a lot of situations in life may not come to the point where it's like, Oh, I'm going to kill myself. You could be having a, 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 a missed bill. You have an altercation with your spouse 
And people who you would consider your friends would literally brush that off for their own selfish, you know, what what have you. Um, and I think that that was the part that kind of hit me the most because it, it kind of took me to a place where, you know, like like I've, I've said it a million times, man, I, I'm not going to say I'm the best friend in the world, but I think I'm a pretty good friend. Like, you know, if you... If you need me, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? I'm always willing to help if I can. Anything I can do to, you know what I'm saying, help you grow or prosper or support you, I'm going to do it. And I've done it. Nobody can tell you that I haven't. I, my track record is pretty proven on that. Um, But it, it gets really real when you get to a point where you feel like, damn, like, well, now, like, I'm going through it and I just really need somebody to lean on. And it don't even have to be nothing crazy, but just knowing that, like, yo, my friends are here and they're going to, you know, support me and encourage me in whatever I'm trying to do, whatever I'm going through. And they kind of look back and see that. And, you know, you turn around, like, ain't that right? And then ain't nobody there. Oh, my God. And and that's that's why I, I, I felt that so bad, man. Everything that everything that, that happens in society is just for aesthetics, man. It, I liken it to the fact when uh, you go to a club or you go to a party and you'll see, like, people just sitting around just holding up the wall. Because, you know, nobody talks to anybody anymore. Everybody just has this thing where they, it's cool to be socially awkward. Uh, but they'll pull out their phones, and they'll go to Snapchat. And the minute they put their thumb on that button, they jumping around and acting crazy. Yeah, having a time of my life, having a time of my life. And then when it looks good, they let their finger go, and they're right back to doing nothing. Not even enjoying the moment or anything. And that's why a lot of people were asking me about like uh, Spain, and they were just like, man, like where the pictures at? And I was like, man, I took some pictures, but like I kind of, kind of wanted to just be in the moment. Like I wanted to enjoy the moment because I feel like we we miss so many great moments in life because the first thing we want to do is like grab our phone. But like, nah, like let me see this for what it is. But long story short, um, that was really really telling to me and. I know it took a lot of hurt for him to get to that point, and I know he probably lost millions of dollars coming to that conclusion. And I think uh, us common folks, like hell, we only have to lose millions of dollars to come to that conclusion because we we deal with and we see people like that all the time. I tell y'all, man, I, I'm I'm a preacher to Jesus. Come back, like you really have to pay attention to the people who call themselves your friends. Or, you know what I'm saying, the people who call themselves being in places where they are supporting you. Because I'm telling you, man, why you got a bunch of people cheering for you, the people who you expect to be, they're in the back. Half-assing just to check the box, man. And, um, my God, man, I, I truly hope that, 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 Mike, that Mike gets the help that he needs. And... You know, hopefully he'll be able to finally open up to somebody else because I know for me that was hard. And I'll be honest with you, it's still hard for me, like to this to this day, to that day, uh, to really open up to people because the people who I had spent the most time with, the people who I had talked to more than anybody else when I needed them, they weren't there. So I'm just like, yo, if I can sit here and talk to the same group of people every day, like all day, and then when I need them, everybody kind of back away, like, eh. When somebody else comes around, I 100% like put my guard up. And I think it's for good reason because like at, at this point, I used to be very trusting of people. But now it's, it's kind of a show and prove thing for me. I'm going to be cordial with you. I'm going to show you that respect. 
But I just I don't I, I don't divulge a lot of information. Hell to be honest with you, I don't even talk to people at my job like that. Like I, I see them every day. I'm very social with them. You know, we kick it, we crack jokes. I'm all about, you know, morale and things like that. But like most of them people I probably would never hang hang with outside of work. It just I don't know. I just don't it's just me, man. And the older I get, the more I make peace with that. Like I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm lonely. I I enjoy what I do, the things I do in my spare time. You know, between coaching and you know supporting my kids and what they're doing, and you know hanging out with the wife and doing new things. Man, I'm. It's not. It's not like I'm depressed because I don't. My phone don't blow up like it used to. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind doing old folks shit. I don't mind having two other married couples come over. And we just sing karaoke songs at two o'clock in the morning. I'm okay with that. Like I, like I have made peace with that. But much like the little girl in Spain, like a lot of people haven't made peace with that. And like their, their reaction or their response is to just do whatever it feels, um, whatever feels normal for the group of people that you're trying to get acceptance from. Um, I don't know. Just a, a lot like Mike, man. A lot of. A lot of time, a lot of uh, failed expectations, a lot of expectations that I put on people, um, like got me to this point. And I, like I said, I truly, I truly feel like I truly hope that he gets uh, the help that help that he needs, and um, he's able to really kind of open up and enjoy life because I do feel like everybody needs some little circle of people, like true people that you like can confide in. And rely on to, you know, just for whatever life throws at you. Um, now, I say all of this, like I talk about the Spain trip and all that kind of stuff for a reason. One of the biggest points that I uh, realized about this Spain trip, when I went back to work, y'all, I was a brand new person. I actually went back and listened to uh, a couple of the podcasts uh, before I before I was, you know, before I left for Spain. And I just remember how aggravated and annoyed I was when I mentioned work. Like, it was always something going on. And when I tell you, like, when I came back to work this week, I mean, I was refreshed. I was energized. Like, I felt like a a new person. Like, I was ready to tackle life. And the first thing I thought about was, man, I'm really taking a a great step towards work-life harmony now. And I just, I challenge everybody. I ain't saying you got to go to Spain. But definitely, like, truly get away. I didn't even turn my phone on. Like, literally, I was I was out. Everything about work, the whole hospital could have blew up. I wouldn't have gave a shit. But truly just uh, learning and meeting new people, um, enjoying the company that I have, and really just focusing on, you know, I don't know, just, just taking in life and appreciating it and realizing that life is so precious. Like, and it's so short. And, you know, spending most of your time angry and upset it don't do nothing for you. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna tell you like a lot of us have jobs where you know you, you get burnt out, and that was 100 percent the problem with me. Like I was totally burnt out, like 100 percent, no questions asked. I was irritable. Like I would go to work with headaches. I would come home with headaches. I would be in the car like arguing and cussing and fussing at people, trying to figure out why they not this or why they not doing that or why we not taking care of this person. Um, but a lot of it was just a culmination of me just trying to fix too many things at one time and really just neglecting the things that I need to take care of the most. Like I told y'all, make yourself the priority. So 
work life harmony. You know, we don't say work life uh, balance around here. We want work and life to to be in harmony with each other because there are going to be some days where you're going to have to lean more on the work side because you got things you have to get done. But then there are going to be other times where you're going to be able to kick back and unwind and really enjoy life and take care of the things that are important to you, yourself, your family, those kind of things. Like, that is going to be super-duper important, too. So, you know, between between that and, you know, like I started off the podcast talking about, like, childhood traumas. And, you know, thank you, Christopher, for putting that out because I really appreciate that. And it really made me think about this video with Mike and how, you know, just the way he grew up. He had such a hard life. And there, there are clearly a lot of um, factors in his childhood that played into why he is the way he is now. And it just, it unfortunately, a lot of those things expounded in a lot of people who he shouldn't have been able to rely on. Um, I hate to say failed him again, but failed him again. You know what I'm saying? So definitely take the time to listen to this interview and uh, tell me what you guys think. It's been about, oh yeah, it's about an hour. It's time for me to get up out of here. But um, as always, man, make yourself a priority. Thank you guys for listening as always. It's, it's glad to be back in my happy space uh, again. Uh, make sure you like, listen, um, tell a friend and tell a friend, man. We got a Facebook page. We got an Instagram page. You can listen to us everywhere. We uh, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, if you listen to if you're listening to this on a podcast, man, um, rate and review. That's a new thing I'm, I'm trying to get done, trying to get my reviews up. Um to you know get people and give me honest feedback i don't need you know don't give me five stars if you don't feel like it's a five-star show if it's things that can be uh better or improved by all means let me know um also i have a post up um let me pull it up real quick let me get my life together together i have a post up for a show that i'm working on um it'll probably I'll probably let this one marinate for another week or two because uh, we're gonna get we're gonna try to get Leon on in the next couple of weeks, and I might do something with my oldest son after this week just to kind of talk about uh, some things he has going on. Um, I got a couple of real people, real purposes. I mean, y'all, I'm gonna tell y'all, I have like seven or eight shows lined up right now, and it's just trying to make time to like get the interviews in. And, you know, when to post them and how them doing, things like that. It is, it is hard. Like, I, I would tell y'all, like, it, you have a new, y'all hear my wife over here snoring? Um, <laughs> but creating, creating content is not, uh, it's not easy at all. It's not, it's not easy at all. Um, but it's fun, though. It's, it's fun. Like, I, I think I would, I'm in a space where I, I'm glad I have, I have too many things going on to put, you know, Instead of having, like, no content at all, I have a bunch of things I can put out. So, I don't know. Good problem to have. And we we, we like good problems over here. Uh, but nonetheless, um, if you're on the Facebook or the Instagram page, um, uh, posted a meme, and it says, Child support is for non-active fathers, not failed relationships. So, I asked people to chime in on that and let me know what they think. Um, and, boy... Y'all are going to love that episode. I, I don't know when I'm going to do it just yet. But when I tell you my inbox, I still have, let me see. I still have boop, 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 boop. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen messages that I haven't even read yet, not including the ones that are on the Facebook post. 
So as always, I'm gonna make a com- a culmination of posts. I'm gonna give you guys my opinion on it, and um, we're going to. I'm really debating if I should uh make a live, uh, not a live, but like maybe do like a even like a Zoom if I can get a couple of people on it. So if you want to get on that podcast, if you are somebody that pays child support, if you are a child support recipient, and maybe you don't, you know, get what an appropriate amount is. I think I'm going to work with those people on the show, too. Maybe we'll just have one big conversation. It'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, that is that is one of the ones that I have uh, uh, brewing uh, in the pot. So, like, are women, are women truly putting men on child support because they want to, they need financial support from the father to take care of the child? Or is this a way to kind of stick it to them for saying, hey, you didn't stick around, our marriage didn't work, our relationship didn't work? And since you're going to move on with somebody else, I'm going to make sure you're forever attached to me for at least the next 18 years. So, yeah, definitely give me your thoughts. <laughs> definitely give me your thoughts and opinions on that. Um, again, thank you. I love you guys. I appreciate all the support. Um, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep pushing. Uh, we got our end of the year basketball banquet this week. So uh, that'll be pretty fun. So I'll give you guys some updates, and we'll talk about that next week once I um, give out these awards and let these kids know what they did with their life. Um, And we'll shout out the the guy and the company that made all the shirts and stuff. Until next time, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Always make yourself the priority. And um, have a good week, man. Don't let these people drive you crazy. Thank you.